Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Third play from scrimmage. Tough to see. They brought the card out. Kyler Murray had to get on. The frustration, the heartbreak. You hate to see that. He'll be out the rest of the game, but we'll keep fighting. Not to be denied. Both these running backs for these two teams have been real bright spots. Loses the ball. Touchdown, Raquan McMillan. And as he let it go, and he's picked. And another takeaway by this New England defense. Touchdown. You never know who's going to step up. That'll do it. Here tonight, the New England defense. One touchdown scored and only one touchdown allowed. That's a rough night for Kyler Murray. Out for the year, torn ACL. That came down early this afternoon. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, were presented by Progressive Insurance at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And you never want to see it. And for, for it to happen at this point in the year, it basically means that most of next year is probably shot uh, as well yeah. for Kyler Murray and for the Arizona Cardinals. And there are decisions to be made around that. And there are decisions that are mainly to be made based on decisions that were already made mm-hmm. in Steve Kime, in uh, Cliff Kingsbury, and in Kyler Murray's extension. Take a look at the extensions this past offseason for quarterbacks and what's happened so far. Mm-hmm. These five quarterbacks got extensions. Murray... Matthew Stafford, obviously that's been a complete mess. Yep. Um, I don't think it's out of the realm that he could retire after this year. Russell Wilson, woof. I mean, that's a big woof. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun Watson, who is, you know, who knows if he's going to be back to uh, where he was earlier in his career uh, mm-hmm. before the end of the year. I think eventually he will be because he's too young for that to not be the case. But it's going to happen before the end of the year. I don't know. And then Aaron Rodgers, who it's taken forever to finally kind of get back to playing at a high level. He was not playing well earlier this year. This has not been good money spent. No, but when you look at those quarterbacks, you're talking about having nine figures guaranteed at signing, Carlin. Deshaun Watson's contract, as we know, was fully guaranteed for $230 million. But Russell Wilson, $124 million guaranteed. Kyler Murray, $103 million guaranteed. Aaron Rodgers. $101 $101 million guaranteed. That's a huge commitment. And so there is a level of pause or a little level of caution that teams should proceed with when they're going to dole out these extensions. Now, when it comes to some of the guys that are going to be up for these contract extensions, I don't think I would have any reservations if I was the one making the decision on pulling the trigger on one of these deals. Well, J- with Jalen Hurts, do you have any questions about no. whether or not he's the future at quarterback in Philly? Absolutely not. So you pay him sooner rather than later. So the market doesn't become more inflated than it already is. With Joe Burrow, the same thing. With Justin Herbert, same deal. I'm paying those guys, Carlin, because what are the odds that I'm going to find another one of those guys in the next three to five years? All you have to do is look at what the hit rate has been on first-round quarterbacks in the last 10, 12 years. It hasn't been great. It's yeah. right around 30 35%. Yeah. Those are not championship numbers. They're no. easy to come by. When you have those guys, you pay them. That's all there is to it. There is... There is the two a question. There's not. That's not a question. What are you talking about? That's not a question. You're I don't have him? to. I don't have to pay Tua now. I don't. Now it's after his third season. I've got to make a decision on his fifth year option. Yeah, I would do that. I would exercise the fifth year option. I've seen enough, so I'm going to guarantee him that fifth year, upwards of twenty million dollars. 
and then we'll see where we're at after his fourth season. If I like it, then I can negotiate a long-term contract knowing that I do have the fifth-year option and then after I had a franchise tag if I still want to see more. But I, I think that the Miami Dolphins are going to get to a point where they make a determination on Tua based on what they already have around him. If he can't have success with this group, Carlin, over the next couple of years, if Tua can't get this team to where they want to go, then I think you got your answer on whether or not you have a franchise quarterback. If everything has to be perfect for the guy to have success, he is not a franchise quarterback. And you can't afford to take a kind of swing that it would take with the contract extension and miss. Look at look at how the Philadelphia Eagles had to try to manage dealing with the Carson Wentz albatross of a contract. Mm-hmm. Look at how the L.A. Rams had to deal with the Jared Goff albatross of a contract. The the, the, the Los Angeles Rams attached two first-round draft picks to trade Jared Goff to the Detroit Lions for Matt Stafford. Now, nobody would argue that it's an upgrade, Jared Goff over Stafford, but two first-round draft picks and a player to get Matt Stafford? That just shows you how much the Rams wanted to get rid of Jared Goff's contract. Yeah. So why would you put yourself in that situation if you're a franchise if you still have questions about whether or not the guy can be a force multiplier? If he can't, then don't pay him 40 plus million dollars a year. Here's my thing. Next few weeks here are going to be very interesting when it comes to Tua. Oh, yeah. And the reason being not just who they're playing, but is the blueprint out there. Now, we all know how you and I have felt about Tua. We don't need to go through and just beat up on the guy. But when the league has decided, okay, we're going to take away the middle of the field and make you beat us outside the numbers. How is Tua going to combat that? Because, Chris, I don't think consistently he's going to be able to beat anybody outside the numbers, whether it's 50-mile-an-hour winds in Buffalo or if it's perfect conditions in Miami. I don't think that's the way that Tua is capable of beating anybody. So exactly what other adjustment is there for Mike McDaniel to make? Well, there's other adjustments that can be made. I mean, you wouldn't think of Tua as a mobile quarterback, but he can use his legs enough to move the pocket. Roll the pocket? To move the pocket, move the launch point, and see if you can get um, some matchups out there on the edge where you can take advantage of, you know, opportunities that way. Um, I think this is when we're going to find out about Tua's ability to create off schedule. Because if you're one of the great quarterbacks, you're going to have to have that ability in this league. Defenses are too good. Coaches are too good from a schematic standpoint. You're going to have to do some things that are off schedule, some second reaction plays, some off-platform throws, and that's not something that we viewed as a strength for Tua. Everything for Tua has been accuracy, timing, rhythm, you know, on schedule. Can we see him create like we see from Joe Burrow from time to time, like we see from Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, some of these other quarterbacks? You were marveling at the throw that Justin Herbert made in the third quarter back across the field to Mike Williams. That was a 55-yard pass all in the all air. And Justin Herbert was able to make that play while actually moving outside of the pocket. Yeah, Can Tua do some of those kinds of things to stress yeah. the defense? That's what we're going to have to see, Carlin, because right now, based on what they want to do and throwing the ball in between the numbers on crossers and daggers and in cuts – Defenses ain't going to be giving that up. No. And here's the thing about the NFL. When one smart coach figures it out, the entire league figures it out. Exactly. So you're going to have to have an answer. This is a copycat league, and if you can't prove you can beat 
a certain scheme defensively, it's going to be a long month for Tua. I'll tell you what will be rough. The Dolphins don't make the playoffs. That'll be rough. I mean, they they will. I believe they will get two of these four games. But if they don't. But if they don't. But if they don't, Carlin. Wow. But if they don't. If the listen, looking down the stretch, they're at Buffalo this week, short week for them, and they're traveling back they're to the West Coast. Probably not going to win this game. Green Bay Packers at home. That's a winnable game. On the road against New England, cold weather, but winnable game. Yeah. Home against the New York Jets, another winnable game. So three of your last four are winnable games. If for whatever reason you find yourself on the outside looking into the playoffs, it is absolutely an indictment on Tua. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We are on Sirius XM Channel 80 and, of course, on your smart speakers as well. One Hall of Famer calls a playoff contender's offense ridiculous. It's next on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? I got to tell you this, Carlin. I've changed my tune on that team the last couple of weeks. You really have. I, uh, Chris, I actually thought that when we got to number three in your rankings that you were leaving them out altogether. No. I, you know, here's the thing, man. I'm looking at this Buffalo Bills team, and I, I got to say this, man. The fact that they were able to midstream adjust that home game that got snowed out against the Cleveland Browns. They went to Detroit, beat the brakes off of the Browns, came back, won in a close one against the Lions four days later. Then they beat the New England Patriots handily on a Thursday night game and then came back in inclement weather and beat the New York Jets. This team is showing me they can win football games in different ways and they can lean on their defense. They can lean on their running game to be the catalyst for their offense. I I, I kept saying my questions about this team were surrounded by them being so one-dimensional in terms of how they had to win games. Well, when did that change for you? It changed in the last four games. No, but I mean, like, what? specifically in running the football, has been different for them? Has it been the offensive line that's been better to you, or has it been Singletary slash Cook? I think it's a combination of the two, but the thing that jumps out to me when I watch their run game, it's more physical. They're more physical at the point of attack. And maybe it's not – maybe it's them not being cute with their run game, Carlin. A lot of the times coaches will try to out-scheme people. They'll try to be fancy – but I think a lot of this has been we're going to try to get movement at the point of attack. We're going to try to roll guys off of the ball. And it's clear that collectively that's the mentality of that offensive line led by Mitch Morse and Deion Dawkins. And their running backs are taking those cues. What I was a little worried about was where they, you know, you had 
Questenberry playing some, you know, Roger Saffold looks old. And so I was a little bit worried about that from uh, their offensive line standpoint and if they were going to be able to do it. But I'll tell you, you look at the rest of these other teams now, the Bills are in a much better shape uh, than they have been. Yeah. But now you've got three, seven, and six teams in the AFC that I'm supposed to somehow believe in uh, after the Patriots won last night. I mean, just the whole dynamic that we saw with Mac Jones and Matt Patricia and Joe Judge all, you know, poking around each other on the sideline and Jones getting upset. I mean, this does feel like there has been a tinge of Belichick arrogance to this whole situation offensively. And it, it that I can put anybody anywhere and it's going to work because I'm going to make sure that it works. And I we can talk all we want about him being involved. I get that. That's yeah. fine. You do need somebody that is in that is so clearly on the same page as the quarterback. Yeah, and here's the part that I didn't understand, Carlin. Why were you going to take the unconventional approach when it came to your offensive coordinator position with your quarterback going into his second yeah, year? Yeah, that's a great we point. We know how important the second great year point. is for quarterbacks. You invested a top 15 pick Especially in when Matt you had Josh Jones. McDaniels year you one. You went to the playoffs in year one. The kid was a pro bowler, is a rookie. And you're going to go with your offensive coordinator position being seemingly up in the air? or an offensive coordinator competition in training camp while you have position battles in training camp, it made no sense to me to use this approach knowing how important a season this was for Matt Jones. Listen to Steve Young on Monday Night Countdown on the topic. It's complete hubris to say that that doesn't matter. Expertise doesn't matter. If I'm Matt Patricia, I want to stay in my lane. I'm a great defensive coach. The idea that it doesn't matter, you can just come wherever you want and just coach... It's just not true, and it doesn't. It belies what's happening in the league today, especially at quarterback, because you're seeing it in these towns where they're going to the Super Bowl because of it. Here's what really is fascinating to me about it with Belichick, too, is that what has been his strength with players over these last 20-some years? He has taken guys and not necessarily worried about what they can't do. He takes guys and accentuates what they can do. Let me put you in positions to be successful. Mm-hmm. I will figure out where you fit into this jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. And we will rely on that and we will do everything we can to make sure you're not in bad positions. And yet when it came to the coaching staff, we didn't do that. Yeah. They didn't do that. And, and, and I know you can say they're different things, but when you think about it, are they really so that's a big reason why I'm not believing in the Patriots. Am I supposed to believe in the Chargers? I Justin Herbert's amazing. I love watching him play. I hate seeing the guy on the sideline with that headset on. Yeah. Because every time I see him, I know something's coming that's going to annoy me, and it's just <laughs> going to be dumb, and it's going to be a mistake, and it's going to cost his game. And just the other day, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, just seeing the fact that they had so many communication problems and seemingly couldn't make up his mind on what he wanted to do in fourth and goal at the two, stuff like that drove me nuts. And then there's the Jets. Mike White and the Jets played exceptionally hard in Buffalo the other day. Mm -hmm. I believe in the Jet defense. I really do. Can I trust anybody of that group of three to to definitively make the playoffs? I don't know, Carlin. I don't feel good good about any of them. But I will say this. Because New England has tiebreakers, if they're in a situation with the Chargers or the Jets for that final spot, 
I would lean toward them because they only have to get to nine wins, whereas those other teams feel like they have to get to ten wins. Yeah. And so even though the Chargers have a really soft schedule um, the rest of the way, the Chargers are a team that can lose to anybody, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we kind of saw that two weeks ago when the Chargers ended up losing to the Las Vegas Raiders. And then the Raiders turned around on a short week and lost to the L.A. Rams. I, there- I just, it just feels like it's a situation where if you're the Chargers, you should get into the postseason, but based on the coaching based on the injuries that they're dealing with, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, I can't have a lot of confidence in them that they can get to 10 wins. And I don't have a lot of confidence that the Jets can get to 10 wins, even though I would say out of the three, the Jets are probably playing the best. Yes, and they have the best defense of that group. Yeah. But just who has the easiest road? It's the Chargers, and it's by a lot. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to go better than 2-2. Two and two. I don't trust them to. They've got the Titans, they go to the Colts, they've got the Rams, and they go to the Broncos. Any decent team worth its salt should go 4-0 there. They're not going to do that. No. They're not going to win three of those games because they will disappoint you. Well, here's the thing. The Chargers only won three games in a row in one span this season, and that was between weeks four and week six. And, Carlin, here's who they beat. The Houston Texans, the Cleveland Browns by two points, and then the Denver Broncos in overtime. Oh, my God. Think about that. Come on. So, I mean, even though they're playing – with seemingly a soft part of their schedule, you can't give them the benefit of the doubt. And you're talking about this team having to win three of the next four games. Good luck with that. Look, I, the only thing I, I think about winning three of these four for a team like the Jets, I do think that the Lions are not as good on the road. You look at Goff's numbers, they're different on the road. And as much as the Jaguars are playing better, they feel like an inconsistent team to me right now. And I'm, I believe they're capable of going on the road and winning in Seattle and because of their defense. That's it. Well, how much, you. by, by the way. You. I will say this. Trevor Lawrence is playing a lot better yes, he as is. of the last month or so. He's uh, playing really good football. I, I, we didn't even mention this part, but just quickly, how much would Geno Smith love to keep the Jets out of the playoffs? He's going to have his chance. All right, great. Time for Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Ev, were you a little upset by that? A little bit. <laughs> I mean, you're throwing out guys like Trevor Lawrence, who the Jets, you know, if they win two less games that year, they have Trevor Lawrence. Now we're throwing out Geno Smith. Any other salt you want to pour in the wound? <laughs> What's Greg Williams doing these days? Oh, God. <laughs> Ev, you can feel better about this. Even though you're going to, you know, you're, you're probably going to miss the playoffs, you'll have the offensive rookie of the year and the defensive rookie of the year. Feel good about that. Great. Do they get parades for that? Because in Detroit, you get parades for winning six games. Listen to him. He hates the Lions. Why are you dragging the Detroit Lions? One of the hardest working cities in this country. Here's the thing: the Jets. Yeah, working hard on a parade for a six-win team. Uh, How how are you going to feel about that, then, Ev? The Jets don't get in, and the Lions do get in. Yeah, it's probably going to happen. I've told you, the Jets are losing this week to the Lions. It is happening. I'm not even going to watch the game. I've convinced myself this is going to happen. The Jets' only shot to make the playoffs is by winning out in their last three games against the Jaguars, the Dolphins, and somehow in Seattle, which I've seen that before to keep the Jets out of the playoffs when Brett Favre was the quarterback, and it's going to happen again this year. Ev, we're running late here. (laughs) Whose fault is that? Yours. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Just wondering if our good friend Jeff Darlington is going to get harangued with Two Anon folks this week. He joins us right now. Two Anon's been real quiet the last. They couple have of weeks. been. Yeah. Jeff, what, what are your mentions like these days? Pretty quiet, you know. But you know, you guys know. I like. I walk the line. I mean, I I have. That doesn't matter respect. to these people, Jeff. It doesn't matter. Right. Well, yeah, it's kind of like that scene in um, is it Billy Madison where the guy has the list of people he's going to kill. He gets the list <laughs> yes, Steve Buscemi. Exactly. Yes, yeah, he's Buscemi. got on the list. So, like I feel like. I feel like you know. I feel like my name has been crossed off the list in lipstick, but certainly comments like these aren't going to help me. You know? <laughs> Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter. Um, Jeff, let's just start there. What you saw yeah. from two of the other night, scale of one to ten, level of concern and why? Oh, that's a. I mean, t- two in a row is a concern for sure. Um, look, I think we have seen. I think we have seen the potential. Um, and I think we have also seen, let's put it this way. We've seen the potential on both sides. We, we, if we can't end this season feeling like there's enough of a body of work to feel like Tua is the franchise quarterback, that's a problem. And I think last week when we had talked, I said one game doesn't do that, doesn't negate the body of work that he has put forward this season. And I truly do believe that. Um, two games, though, especially two very important games, really does start to give me concern. If he does this again against the Bills, and it's a scenario where he can't complete passes across the middle, where that's where he's thrived all season, and all of a sudden against the Chargers, it, that didn't really work. Uh, you know, That's when you start to wonder, okay, our team's starting to figure it out. I believe Mike McDaniel will game plan in a way that will put him in a position to succeed. But if he, on this road trip, struggles in all three key games that had playoff-like environments, that is a, a considerable concern for the Dolphins moving forward. It's hard to game plan for your passing game when you got a half a foot of snow in 20-degree temperatures out there. I'm just saying, Jeff, putting that out there, that's what we're expecting in Western New York on Saturday night. Right. But broadening this out to the AFC wildcard picture, Jeff, it feels like there are four teams vying for two spots, the Miami Dolphins aforementioned, but then also the New England Patriots, who got a win against Arizona last night, the L.A. Chargers and the New York Jets. From your perspective, who do you think gets in? 
I still think the Dolphins do. And again, I, I understand that, uh, that we're, we're looking at these two most recent games and saying um, all of a sudden, you know, are the Dolphins even going to get into the playoffs? And it is a legitimate concern, but I can't help but think about the prior 12 weeks. Uh, and, you know, look at the Patriots. I think they're very vulnerable. And by the way, those two teams will face each other in the um, in what three weeks from now, so mm-hmm. we're going to find out then, and that's going to be a meaningful game. I still think that the Dolphins are a better team, a more dangerous team than the Patriots. Um, but but again, it's it's going to show itself. We're going to find out what kind of a team the Dolphins are in December. And so far, what we've seen from them is certainly far more concerning than what we saw in November. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. It's funny, I watch any NFC South game and I just have to remind myself, well, just think about it come April when you don't have football to watch and how badly you would want to watch it. And I can't imagine I would want to watch it this badly, Jeff. Yeah, I don't know, man. (laughs) It's pretty bad, Jeff. It's pretty bad. Uh, It's really bad. And I think that the thing that I find the most sort of the most amusing is, you know, people saying, and I was at this most recent Bucks game in San Francisco, and people saying, yeah, but they're still, you know, in charge. They can still win the division, and then they get in the playoffs. It's like, yeah, but then what? Yeah, because it's not as if we're not seeing the same thing that we saw from, for instance, the Dolphins, who put together a lot of complete games. The successful games that we've seen from the Bucks have required like three and a half quarters of bad football followed by a half a quarter of heroics. And when you get to the playoffs, that bad football is, 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 I mean, it's even, it's way worse than what we saw, which was horrible 35 to nothing against the 49ers. So for me, the impossible part is not getting to the playoffs. The impossible part is succeeding in them. And I understand that Tom Brady is a guy we should never doubt. I just don't think that this offense, um, the play calling that still exists, the lack of a run game, all of those things are considerable problems, and they'll be magnified when it comes to playoff time. Can you add some sanity to this and end the Brady could return to New England bit for next year? Yeah, I mean, I could see Tom returning. I do not envision him returning to New England whatsoever. Not, not. In fact, I don't see a single scenario where that happens. Finally, somebody that can be rational about the Tom Brady speculation. <laughs> Talking with ESPN senior NFL reporter Jeff Darlington on Canty and Carlin. And Jeff, senior Jer- NFL reporter. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're senior to us. So. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Absolutely. That's one of those things where, like, I don't know, like, you know, when you get the business card, you're like, oh, I got a promotion. I'm a senior vice president now. <laughs> like. Exactly. We don't know what it means except for extra zeros on your check yeah. every single week. Jeff, I got this question for you. Jerry Jones had some pointed comments about his quarterback, Dak Prescott. Are you concerned about the turnovers when it comes to Dak? Two interceptions on Sunday. He's had a total of eight interceptions in the last seven games. Any concern about Dak Prescott and the turnovers moving forward? So, no. um, Not from the standpoint that I I still think that this Cowboys team has everything in front of it. The fear for me is that we're going to get to that point where it's the divisional playoffs. It's the fourth quarter. And, you know, whether it's Mike McCarthy doing something with time management or one of those inopportune interceptions, that all of a sudden it negates all the good the Cowboys have done all year. That, to me, is going to linger over the Cowboys season until they prove otherwise. I'm not saying that I doubt Dak Dak Prescott's ability, but I just, I continue to be concerned because of the the history 
of the Cowboys, of Mike McCarthy, of these inopportune moments. So, no, I'm not concerned about his regular season interceptions. I think that he does more good to, to, to make up for it. But, uh, gosh, I just constantly feel like we're all just waiting for the playoffs with the Cowboys to see if they can uh, exercise some demons there. Awesome stuff, Jeff. We'll talk next week. Sounds good, guys. Thank Jeff you. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter. Uh, Sean McVay just told reporters that Baker Mayfield will start Monday against the Packers, which, I mean, we kind of assumed that that would be the case, but that is definitive. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, were presented by Progressive Insurance. It's that time of year again. Even though we're still in season, there is never, never, never an opportunity where you don't look ahead to the draft. And that opportunity was today with Todd McShay's first mock draft. We'll tell you why he had four quarterbacks in the first 11 picks next. Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You can't miss Canty and Carlin, pound for pound, the biggest show on ESPN radio. Snap, here comes the pressure. Pocket closing. Young under pressure, escapes to his right. Young throws downfield as Brooks open at the 15, and he waltzes into the end zone touchdown. 41-yard touchdown on third and 10. And with 4.44 to go, Alabama has taken the lead back at LSU. Todd McShay's first mock draft is out. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Bryce Young is who he has going first overall. And he's got Young going to the Texans. Uh, he's got four quarterbacks in the top 11. Will Levis is in there. Uh, obviously, um, uh, why can't I remember Anthony his Richardson? name? A- Anthony Richardson? No, not Anthony Richardson, the other guy. C.J. Stroud? Uh, C.J. Stroud there you go. Uh, from Ohio State. Uh, but Anthony Richardson, he has going 11th overall, even though he's the 32nd pick. We had Todd on earlier today, and when he was talking about Richardson, said he's the most physically gifted of any of the four quarterbacks but just doesn't feel like he's ready yet. And because he doesn't know what he's doing. Yes. Now, is he the most physically gifted? You're damn right he is. He's 6'4", 230 pounds, Carlin. Yeah. And can throw the ball 80 yards in the air. That's a big dude. That's a big dude that can sling it. Yeah. He doesn't know where he's throwing it to, and therein lies the rub. Yeah, and it's but, not— But we know teams in the NFL draft do it based on potential. They take a guy based on potential more so than production at the collegiate level, and that's where— you have to rely on the strengths of the organization, the coaching staff, in order to develop these players. So Anthony Richardson seems like he's one of those boomer brust prospects. You know, I'm really, um, I'm kind of blown away by the fact that it wasn't six, seven months ago we were talking about how deep this was going to be as far as quarterbacks. And we saw a lot of bad play, including Tyler Van Dyke at Miami. Um, we thought he'd be a first rounder for sure. Chris, I don't look at any of these guys and think, 
that they're definitively going to be great. I think Stroud's got a chance. Can Stroud be Justin Fields? I don't know about that. I don't well, know. I think it's a different type of player. Yeah. Right? C.J. Stroud is a better passer coming out than Justin Fields was. But I don't know that C.J. Stroud uses his athleticism like Justin Fields did at Ohio State. He does, not to that same level. Though. Yeah. Not to that yeah. same level. And you've but seen him up close and personal a couple of times I, this year, right? I have, and I haven't, I haven't walked away saying, wow. I'll be honest. Justin Fields, I walked away saying, that dude can make some throws that not a lot of people can make. Yeah. And that's where he's improved the most. But there are a couple of things here at work. Now, he did not have any trades in this mock draft. He had Bryce Young going one. He had the Seahawks taking Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle from Georgia, number two. Will Anderson third to the Bears, which you and I both agree would be phenomenal. that pick for the Bears. That would be an amazing pick for the Bears. Stroud going fourth to the Lions. The Eagles taking B. John Robinson. I don't think they're taking a running back uh, at that spot. Uh, Falcons going with Will Levis. The Falcons just took Desmond Ritter. On, are they going to bail on that that quickly? They took him in the second round? Third round. Third round. No, no, second round. You're, you're right. I think they're back in the they second gonna, round. Are they going to bail on it that quick? Yep. Um, and then, uh, as we said, the fourth quarterback being uh, Richardson going to Carolina at 11. I don't know if I'm a team that needs a quarterback if I'm going to trade up to go get these guys. But the one that really intrigues me is... If you're Seattle, can you really pass on a quarterback if you have the second overall pick? No. And the quarterbacks are going one-two, right? C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, you're splitting hairs. It depends on what flavor you like. I think both of them have their strengths. Both of them have their weaknesses. But those are the two best throwers, and we usually see that happen in most drafts. The top two quarterbacks get pushed up to the top two picks. It's going to happen this year. Um, So Jalen Carter, as much as I love him as a player, ain't going second overall. Now, I said this last year, Carlin. I thought Jalen Carter was the best defensive lineman on Georgia's team. And Georgia had the number one overall pick in Trayvon Walker last year. They also had Jordan Davis, who was a top half of the first-round pick. And they had Devontae Wyatt going the first round. Jalen Carter was better than all three of those dudes last year. So that's how good he is. But I just don't see a defensive tackle going with the second overall pick when we have three quarterbacks going in the top six picks overall, that's what McShay is projecting. See, if I were the Seahawks, I would look more uh, at trading out of that pick and trying to accumulate more picks at second. Why? I don't I don't love the quarterbacks. I don't, and I think they're still trying to, they're still in recovery mode from the Jamal Adams trade. Sure. They're, so they need to get more players in the building, but they, especially on defense. But right now they have the second overall pick, and they have the 17th overall pick. Yeah. If I'm Seattle, I'm taking a quarterback. I'm going to draft and stash because here's the best position to be in, the opportunity to take a quarterback when you don't need a quarterback. That's always the best position to be in as a franchise because you have a chance to make a, a solid evaluation on a player, and if there's a guy – that has a grade that warrants being taken with the second overall pick, and undoubtedly there will be a guy because C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are the two best quarterbacks in this draft, and you can make an argument they might have been the two best quarterbacks the last two years in college football, then you take one of those dudes. If I'm the Lions, I don't know if I'm doing it. I don't know if I'm taking a quarterback. Well, well, Jared Goff is going to be going into a contract year in 2023. 
Yeah, but why, would, why wouldn't I, you take a quarterback? Because have I seen enough to believe that he's my guy? Do, do you want to pay Jared Goff what it's going to cost, $35, $40 million a year? Probably not. Probably not. And if you're not going to pay him that kind of money, then you better draft the quarterback. If I have the answer and the guy that's fitting, why am I going to take it Is somewhere Jared else? Goff your answer? Is Jared Goff going to be the guy? played really well. He's played really well, Carlin. Maybe he's at just, home. He's yeah. played really well at home. Yes. But is Jared Goff truly going to be your guy? Okay. So, so the Detroit Lions, they have Jared Goff under contract through the 2024 season. Right. They have him there. Mm-hmm. So the way that I think their general manager should play it is drafting Will Levis if he's available. Or if you can get C.J. Stroud, draft him if he's available. And you let him sit for at least a year. And then you can move off of Goff for minimum cap hit. Or if you want to keep him, keep Goff around for another year and, and have this a situation where you can let C.J. Stroud sit or Will Levis slip for two years, I think that puts you in a good position. Because let's not forget, the Lions are trying to build a culture. So winning games matters. Jared Goff gives you the chance to win a lot of games in the short term. I don't think Jared Goff is your quarterback for the next decade in Detroit, especially at the number that it's going to cost. What's amazing to me is that two of those three teams, the Lions, Eagles, and Seahawks, are going to make the playoffs, and two of those three teams are going to end up with top five five picks. Actually, three of them. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.